0: And thank you for joining us for another episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. I am Michelle Kane. My company is Voice Matters, and I'm here as ever with my wonderful co-host, Karen Swim. She keeps us all, all in the know over there at Solo PR Pro.
1: Hi, Karen. How are you? Hi, Michelle. Good. How are you? Hi, Anne. Am- so thankful that we're racing towards the end of the year oh yeah seriously i know we wanted to
0: kick 2020 to the curb 2021 can kind of join it as well everyone's i actually I, so there's a there's been a meme going around saying you know please don't say that 2022 is your year we're all going to sneak in quietly <laughs> and not make a big
1: fuss and it'll all be okay so Oh, uh, so funny, because I remember last year, we were, you know, boldly telling 2021 to come in and behave. And so now I guess we're like, so that didn't work. <laughs> right. Now we're like, would you like a cup of tea 2022? Yeah. Can we get yeah. you a nice
0: warm blanket? <laughs> Maybe perhaps a chair massage? No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's actually, it's all about managing expectations, which is what we're going to talk about today and specifically managing Client expectations, Um, this arose from a conversation we were having in the Solo PR Pro members only group about, you know, when when a client for for right or for wrong in this situation, we we have a feeling that we're kind of reaching. But, you know, basing your results, your media results on, you know, basically your output, like, you know, why should I pay you because you didn't get me any placements kind of thing. And it's like, well, it doesn't work that way you know, yeah. it really does not work that way. We're we're sorry. We can't control everything much as we would like. So just, you know, we thought we'd just talk about how, how can you best at the outset? And we know it's not possible with everyone in every situation. Just, you know, set the table and, and try to avoid that.
1: Yeah, there are these, I'm glad that you said that because people should not feel that you can avoid everything that can go wrong. You can't. But when these things come up, we all use them as an opportunity to learn and try to put in some protections to help us to not, you know, to avoid these common pitfalls. And so it is really important to not only set expectations, but to keep resetting them. And and one of the things in this particular situation that really jumped out at me is that it's not only about setting expectations, but you must be accountable. For those expectations, we have a part in that too. So, if you engage in a scope of work and you have set up your goals with your client, so again, you really do have to do the work to make sure that things go as well as possible. You want to agree on what the goals are, you want to agree on how you will measure success. I keep saying this over and over again about getting super comfortable with metrics because. I just think it's a big mistake to still hear some PR people saying, well, you can't, you know, nothing's guaranteed and nothing's for sure, but there are some metrics that you can put in place and you have to agree with your client, agree on that in advance of starting whatever campaign or, you know, whatever contract you're doing. And once you have agreed on those, you need to report on them. Mm -hmm. And so if you say, hey, you know, our goal is to secure five to six stories for this campaign, and that's the goal that you set, and you don't meet that goal, you need to keep your client in the loop along the way, particularly, you know, as these days sometimes something doesn't hit. So you can come back to your client and say, hey, you know, here's what we're running up against, here's the feedback that we're getting. Here's how what we need from you or here's how we're going to pivot. Right. That avoids this end of the whole campaign thing. Now you've missed your goal and the client is unaware that you've missed your goal and doesn't understand and you're, you know, saying, "But I put the work in." And of course you did. You did put right. in the But you have to be accountable as well. Right, right. Because yeah, oftentimes, if if the first approach doesn't work, that's
0: an opportunity to work with the journalists and say, well, okay, so this, you know, let's say it's a, a, a person, you know, they have expertise in X, do you have anything coming up that would, you know, help you in a story, you know, just let us know, we're always here for you, you know, try to at least keep the relationship going, or you know, a lot of times it's a great opportunity to make sure that you have, you know, your own patches of land out there, you know, make sure it's, it's on your blog and, or you're, you know, trying to leverage it on LinkedIn or, you know, use the channels out there that you can control to at least garner something or or turn it into an opportunity in that way. You know, sometimes you have to yeah. And a lot of times as as we've seen, you know, in, in media relations, it's it's not the straight, you know, throwing the pitch to the catcher. It's okay, well, let's see what we can do in another way and be collaborative and and bring some light to this story to get my client, you know, what they want.
1: Yeah. You're so right, Michelle. And, you know, one of the things that we sometimes don't talk about in setting expectations is In this particular instance, and this has happened before, I wanted to say something that I wouldn't normally say. So now I found a way to to be more tactful than than the words that were in my head. Um, Stop taking terrible clients. That's a good start. Uh, Because if you are putting yourself in position with clients that are nickel and diming and They want you to account for every hour of your time, which is ridiculous. You don't work at McDonald's. You're not punching a time clock. That's not why people should be hiring you. It's not Mm -hmm. about hours in hours out. It's about the value and your outcomes. Mm -hmm. Um, so, stop taking terrible clients. Stop taking on these rotten, crummy assignments where people are paying you far too little money for what you actually do and expect the world. And this past, and probably in the, about the past three months, I've had a few colleagues that, against their own judgment, took on a client because. They felt the heart of the story, or it was a nonprofit and they really connected with the mission, or it was a referral for somebody and they really wanted to, you know, nurture that relationship. Or, you know, right. many reasons are often personal. And I completely get that. There are so many people that I really connect to their story. I really want the win for them, but I've learned mostly because I still mess up too, but I've I've learned to put business first and to separate those things out. Because every single time in my own history that I have ignored that little voice, it has worked out exactly the way that I knew that it would somewhere in my head is that the clients that don't pay you enough really take up the most of your time. They are the least grateful. They are so much work and you end up being in the red with them. And they're the ones that are not going to refer any business to you. Right. And usually the relationship is going to end. And so that's, that's kind of what happened with all these people at the mm-hmm. end. of life, you expect it. What did you expect? I don't even normally take clients on for this low amount. And you got, right. you got the same amount of service as clients that pay 10 times what you do. And so right. um, my advice is stop, stop with the horrible right. client, stop devaluing yourself. You do not have to scrape the bottom of the barrel and take whatever comes your way. I promise you that you are going to do as much work for that horrible, terrible nickel and dime client than you will for a client that has a healthy budget that values your work. So how would you rather spend your time with the crappy crummy, bottom bin basement person that's looking for the deal and sees you as a freelancer or the client that actually values your knowledge, your expertise, your strategy, and is going to pay you more money for that. Yeah. yeah, And it's, you know, sussing that
0: out can be as simple as what's your budget? And, and I have to say, you know, I still have a long way to go in many areas of my my world, but I have gotten a lot better at, oh, your budget's $500. Well, that's not going to go very far, and it's not going to be effective for you. So
1: as they say on Shark Tank, I'm out. <laughs> you know what, Michelle? I'm glad that you threw out a ridiculous number like that because I don't think a lot of oh, people yeah. realize that some people approach us and they want us to do work yeah. for $1,000. Yeah, true like, story. $500. I'm like, <laughs> Um, for $500, it can write an email for you. Would you like an email for $500? <laughs> yeah, that's like, yeah. The, the list is long. Oh, we want to do blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ha, oh, that's adorable. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. don't know. And and honestly, folks, it's not our job to, you know, in those situations, there's no negotiation. And right. you guys, if, if you know, Michelle Kane, you know, she is the most joyful, sweetest person in the world. So I know that for her to say <laughs> no thanks. um if Michelle Kane can do it as nice as she is, you can too.
0: <laughs> that is so true. and i I don't know if it's just, you know, the years I have behind me now and just the experience of it and and uh, you're saying valuing your time and what you do, I think sometimes we get lost in the notion that, because some of this the, the natural tendency of what we do right it's like you're you're you either able to communicate via words or you're not if if it feels yeah. easy to us these aspects of our job then we tend to not value them as much thinking well pff, if i can do it anybody can do it right and then and you are fighting a bit of the prosumerism of the world right well anyone can do Tanzaniaenia it's like well I, uh, no 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 have you seen some of it out there um so to be a good communicator a savvy communicator who's thoughtful who thinks through all the pros the cons the, the little the little clouds of rain above your head that could happen, it can tend to feel easy to us because well sure you're going to go into a line of work that, that is, that you're uh, created for, whatever the word, you know, that you're attuned to. So that can lead to just thinking, well, it's no big deal. True, but it is. And and I will admit it has taken me way too long to even shrug off that. Like, that's your budget (laughs) now. Because you do, you really
1: have to respect. Yes. Business, you know, I think, and I'm also really nice. I will. You are. I'm very nice, but I will vouch for that. <laughs> Thank you. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> me to get yeah. here to, in my yeah. life. I'm thankful for people who really mentored me in this area. So the one thing that I've always been very, very good about my entire career is not leaving money on the table, not being afraid to negotiate and not being afraid to, to say, no, I I'm just not. And that means that because I don't have a scarcity mindset, I refuse that. You know, they talk, yeah. people talk about feast or famine. I, no, that's not how I want to live my life. And and it's right. not how any of you should live your life either. You do not have to take whatever comes your way. And you know, what Michelle said is true. It's, it's true. When we are gifted in an area, and I believe that if you're in this business, you're gifted in communications, mm-hmm. it can feel as though... It's so easy and it's so fun. Like you love doing it so much that you forget that it has a value associated with it. But here's the thing, just because it feels easy doesn't mean that it's not valuable. And yes, 10 million other people do the same thing, but no one does it exactly the same way because the way that your gifts and talents work is that they have a unique expression through you they're intertwined with who you are, your personality, your experiences, which is why when people are like, "Oh, somebody else wrote a book about this." But why are there thousands of books on that same topic? Because right. no one is going to say it exactly the same way. And so, you need to get that out of your head. Get over the whole imposter syndrome thing. That's just that's a myth. It's false. I mean, I'm not saying that imposter syndrome is not real, but you don't have to buy into that. You should feel no reason why you don't deserve to be paid like the top performing professional that you are because remember if you were in corporate America you would be in the C suite you would have an executive title why would you treat yourself like an intern in your own business that's not fair to you yeah and
0: the the element of fun that you touched on that's that's I think that's how sometimes we fall into these these little traps of well it's fun yeah. and you know I know I finally got to the point of I don't want to be sitting at my desk all these hours. Yes, it's fun. And I, and I'm good hearted, but you know, even, even the be- even if you don't want to resent it, and you, I'm not saying that I've resented any of the work I, or the people, but it's, after a while you're like, Oh, Oh, why did I say yes? And, and, and it's hard. And I guess I'll put it this way as well, because when you get into those situations, sometimes it's even a harder to say, no, I'm no longer going to do this yeah. than it ever would be to just say, no, I don't think that's any, you, you can just say no, or I don't think that's right for me at this time. And we always talk about this on this podcast. It's, and sometimes it's not even the time you spend, it's the energy you spend. How much energy do you have for your work, your family, your friends, rest? And I'm preaching to myself here too, of course.
1: So keep so all of those things in mind, things, right? Because yeah, we're <laughs> human beings too and yeah. no one's perfect and sometimes right. we fall into, you know, the same patterns. So we have to keep supporting and reminding one another. That's how right. we all get better. Absolutely. Um, we have to have these balances and and we we should be, you know, we should be more choosy about the clients that we take on. I I promise everyone in the audience, there's enough work out there. It it mm-hmm. exists. You do not have to take the first thing that comes your way or it maybe it feels like a dry season to you. That doesn't mean that you should, you know, shrink yourself down and say, Oh, well, I got to take this because you know, I need the money. It just means that, you know what, talk to somebody about how you're sourcing new business and maybe Mm -hmm. you're just looking in the wrong places because the work does exist.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think too, sometimes, as I venture into woo a little bit, you know, sometimes if if you're hanging on to this work and you wonder, well, how can I ever replace it? Well, you need to clear clear the desk a little bit so that there's room for new things, and that that can also be hard. I, I get it, uh, but you're you're worth so much more, and, and what you do is so worthy. Um, it's so important. There've been so many things I'm sure everyone has seen lately of mismanagement of communications of things that you just think oh yeah, this is why we matter this is why our profession matters there was a miscommunication in my region recently on a, at a, in a couple of school districts you know in light of the recent shooting where I'm thinking yes yeah, a shame you phased out your comms team 10 years ago <laughs> you can't you can't uh, do that on the so side and on the fly I, I don't pretend to know how to you
1: know run schools so just saying, <laughs> absolutely we are so yeah. uh, Michelle, thank you for saying that we are yeah. so valued and it's why i mean i don't know if everybody's been keeping up with sort of the industry thing is why some of these big huge companies are hiring heads of pr without even meeting them without even interviewing them because uh. there's this desperation for talent so they're yeah. just going off of you know off of known talent and hiring these people, we are highly in demand right now. If you mm-hmm. talk to any of your agencies, then you may have heard that that they are not able to keep up with the leads. Mm-hmm. They can't take on any more work. They've raised their minimum amount. Um, there's waiting yeah. lists. So there's there's work out there available and we are so needed. I mean, we've, we're yeah. in an age of miss, mal and disinformation Companies need to know how to navigate this landscape Mm -hmm. Um, just in so many areas, reputation management, crisis management in a proactive way, um, navigating this landscape of communicating in an era where we really are more focused on um, equity and inclusion. And it's, it's a lot. That is a lot. That's a a lot. lot. Yeah. Yeah. So we are
0: definitely worth what we ask. You know, it's, it's not just blowing smoke ever, but well, we hope that this has been a nice rah-rah for everyone today, not that we, we go for empty rah-rahs. We, we always want to have valid points to make. So we hope that you caught a few of those today and we do value you and your time. And and if you found this to be of interest, please share it, share it around so our podcast audience can grow. And we just want to say we are so grateful for you and thank you for joining us for That Solo Life.